Welcome to the Middle Class VO Podcast, our first edition of 2021. Before we get 2021 off to a big bang, Bobby, uh, I would like to recap 2020. How does that sound? Like a top 10 list? We did it last year. Do we really need to rehash 2020? I mean, come on. (laughs) I know. I I think it's important, though, to kind of look back and reflect, and then we can realize how lucky we are to be done with 2020. How's that sound? That's that. That's a nice way to put it. Like, yeah, we'll we'll pick out the good points of 2020. <laughs> All right, it's the Middle Class VO Podcast, and we are going to count down the top 10 moments from the Middle Class VO Podcast from 2020. If you need e-learning, we're just an email away. Corporate narration, tell us what to say. Explain a video, imaging radio, sling and local cars, read an IVR. No, we ain't no stars. This is the Middle Class VO Podcast. The Middle Class VO Podcast. The Middle Class VO Podcast. All right. Oh, Bobby, it was such a great year. And one of my favorite people in the voiceover world is Mary Lynn Wisner. Is she not just a treasure? I love her. I just signed up with some more coaching with her. I cannot wait to get into it. Oh, great. I've done a lot of work with Mary Lynn, and uh, she's fantastic. And she kicks off our countdown at number 10. And we have some great casting tips from Mary Lynn Wisner at number 10 on the countdown. Mary Lynn, we want to get into the uh, nitty-gritty of the casting side of things. Sure. Um, we have mostly voice actors that listen to the podcast, and they're going to want to know, when they send that audition in and you get it, tell us step-by-step step kind of what happens, your reactions and your all the things that go on. Wow, that's a loaded question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, if it's a casting that I've done... Um, likely I will have gotten it through their agent or if they're students of mine, I send copy out to students a lot of times just because they're probably really good for something and don't have an agent or whatever. It's not their fault. Um, so when I get all these auditions back for a particular, say it's a commercial, um, on the first pass, I'm only listening to the first line because there's no way I'm going to sit there and listen to 80 auditions all the way through. And, and I, after just all these years of casting, I can tell from their first line or two, did they fit the specs? Did they interpret the copyright, the direction, the casting specs? Do they sound interesting? Is there something that's drawing me into their read? And then I narrow that down to like, I take probably about cut that in half. And then I'll go back and listen to those, you know, that other half's the whole audition. And then usually my clients because um, I work with major advertising agencies and, and some, you know, smaller production companies. But the the reason most of them hire a casting director as opposed to say an online thing is they don't want to do listen to sit there and listen to hundred auditions. They want me to send them the ten or twenty best, and that's it. So I kind of get a you know all the the messy stuff out of the way and give them the ten or twenty best. Um, so what pops out to me is yeah, how did they pull me in? in that first line. You know, what did they do? Is is it it's not only the sound of their voice, but is there something something that's making me feel like they're talking to me and I'm I'm drawn into their delivery and the and just the way they're talking and the way that they're not reading but they're they're approaching me. Does that make sense? Oh uh, yeah. 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 So that's what I'm listening for. And I think 
just because I've done this for so long, um, in a way I, you know, I'm sort of jaded and, and, you know, I've heard everything. So, you know, surprise me, make me, if you can intrigue me and a kind of a bored, jaded, uh, ad, ad, uh, agency executive, then, then you're going to, you know, likely be cast in a spot. I just love her. Uh, she's one of my favorite people in the business. Yeah. I just love the way she shares things with us. Well, let's move on to number nine now, Kev. And what I love about this guest is something that a lot of us take for granted in the business, knowing your worth as a VO artist. And who better <laughs> to know everything about that than J. Michael Collins? Knowing your worth in voiceover, uh, J. Michael Collins, how can voice actors, we as voice actors, uh, do that better? Well, I, I think the important thing is to understand that um, we are more unique than than people give us credit for. There's this myth out there that the industry is oversaturated with competition, and it's a myth. The fact of the matter is, and now, don't get me wrong, there are genres, you know, especially, again, I go back to genres a little more tied to the, the Hollywood world, the L.A. world of animation, promo, trailer, um, yeah, TV narration, documentary, to some degree, video game, where you do have a situation where there probably is more quality talent than there is work. But the flip side to that are genres like commercial, where it's more of an even balance. And then as you start getting into non-broadcast narration, the balance flips in favor of the talent. Um, we're, we're more valuable than I think a lot of us give ourselves credit for, in that we are rarer, at least those of us who can do this well, are rarer than we realize mm -hmm. we are. I, I, I always throw out, and you know, these are anecdotal, so don't don't fake news fact check me here, but these are these are <laughs> these are kind of an anecdotal numbers. But but I, I always throw out there that there are probably two hundred thousand people in North America calling themselves professional voice actors. But out of those, it's five or ten thousand who book on a frequent basis. And out of those five or ten thousand, it's a thousand that are booking the vast majority of the work. If you're in that group, you're you may not be getting rich, but you're not going hungry. Um, so the mythology, right. you know, there just aren't that there just aren't that many people who can do this job well, truly well. And if you're one of them, you you will be able to put food on the table as long as you have the business side of things down. I love that. Doesn't that, that make you feel good? Because it, like he says, as long as you've got, you know, of course, you got the business side of things down. And as long as you're good, yeah, you know, you're going to be fine. You're going to be able to make it in, in many genres in this industry. Speaking of somebody that is good, <laughs> coming in at number eight is Cliff Zellman. He is an artist in himself, an incredible producer in the automotive world. He's an incredible demo producer, and he's an incredible guitarist. Not everybody knows that he used to produce rock music. He's, he's pr helped produce and, and score movies. He's so entrenched in our world you know not everybody knows the history of cliff zellman but we got him to talk about guitars and his guitar heroes and let's hear cliff zellman at number eight break down his favorite guitarists of all time okay. i need the top three starting with three two and then tell us okay your top rock guitarist of all time go three two one Mm, top Can rock. Can you do okay. that? Sure, sure. Um, number three. Number three <laughs> would probably be Joe Walsh. Wow, really? Yeah. Okay. Because there is nothing like Joe Walsh. 
Um, I would put, and, and certainly way down the list, but I, I think uh, Neil Young's up there too because, I mean, I like parts guitar players. Okay, number two, Martin Barr from Jethro Tull. Wow. These some deep dives here. Number one favorite guitar player of all time would probably be Steve Howe from Yes. Wow. Oh, wow. Not what I, I expected never at all. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now, Steve Vai, amazing. Uh-huh. Um, Eric Johnson, amazing. Satriani, amazing. But these guys are machines. You know, they're technically flawless. Steve Howe was sloppy all over the place. But, man, he played stuff that, that you got to have 12 fingers to play. <laughs> uh, Martin Barr out of Jethro Tull is that he was so important in that band and did things that nobody ever heard that were just unbelievable. And uh, again, Joe Walsh, because I think he's cute. I like Joe Walsh. <laughs> I'd like to have a beer with Joe Walsh. You, you would too, oh, Kevin, wouldn't? and so would you, oh. Bobby. I certainly would. <laughs> I, I'm just I'm surprised I didn't hear some of the names that you know are stereotypically in this conversation: Jimi Hendrix, Eddie Van Halen. Uh, but you did mention Vi and Satriani. I kind of expected those in there, but I do love the deep dives um, because Cliff is obviously more of an aficionado than I am in that realm, and I love those names that you pulled out for. Actually, us. you know what? I'm going to move Joe Walsh to number four, mm-hmm. and Uh-oh. I'm going to put Al Dimiola at number three. Okay. And who's that? Uh, um, Aldi Niola from Return to Forever, played with Chick Corea. Um, okay. Great band. Uh, refer- uh, Romantic Warrior uh, by a band called uh, Return to Forever. It's unbelievable. Cliff Selman. Every time he posts on, on Facebook, he's got a new guitar or some kind of new new musical instrument. He cracks me up. What a, what a talent there. All right, we're, we're going to move it on. And I'll tell you what, to number seven, I find out so much about you, Kevin, just through this podcast. Things oh, I know. That it's I had, bad. It's not yeah, all good. It's, <laughs> but some of it's really good. Because <laughs> some years, you're a great storyteller, I will have to say that. Um, but oh, bless uh, you. It, it was a, a story um, on, I think, our This Is Us episode. and. Mm-hmm. You were talking about how you and your buddy thought you were stealing some Jack Daniels. Yeah, yeah, that that was back when I was uh, I was mean and ornery, college kid, dumb, didn't know what I was doing, <laughs> thought I was cool. Yeah, turns out I'm not. You're, you're lying. It was last week. <laughs> we were in college. You know how broke college kids are, and you know college kids, you know, like to have a, a drink now and then. And so me and my buddy, Brett Foreman, we would go around to the local motels in Magnolia, Arkansas in the evening at night and look for construction guys' pickup trucks. Invariably, there'd be an ice chest in the back. And invariably, there'd be a beer or two. And invariably, oh, Brett no. and I would end up with a couple in our pockets. So we wanted to raise the stakes. Um, and so he calls me one day. He goes, hey, man, I've been walking around my neighborhood. And he goes, there's a garage that's down the road. And he goes, and their garage door was open, and I see cases of Jack Daniels boxes. I'm like, wow. Oh, gosh. And he's like, you want to go get us some Jack Daniels tonight? I'm like, yeah, man, sure. And so, um, mind you, we're like 18, 19 years old. And so about midnight, 
We go by, and sure enough, the garage door is still open. And there, with a beacon shining upon it, is this case of Jack, two cases of Jack Daniels. So these are not just a bottle. These are full boxes of Jack Daniels. And we go in there. We go to the garage. And we both grab a box. And we we think we hear noise. And so we take off running. We are running, running, running with these big, heavy Jack Daniels boxes. And my, my friend Brett was a little more slight than I am. He was probably about yeah. five seven at the time, and probably like a buck fifty. And we're running, ironically enough, across a big church field. And my friend, he's like, "Yeah, man, this is so heavy. I don't know if I can carry it anymore." I'm like, "Come on, man, we gotta get going. Nobody can see us. Let's run, run, run." And he's like, "Man, I can't carry it anymore as we're running." And he goes, "I can't carry it." And then he falls, drops the Jack Daniels case. The box flies off. No! Everything that's inside goes flying out. And in this box is not Jack Daniels bottles of whiskey. They Uh are church hymnals. Church (laughs) hymnals. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm like, I put down my box. I throw off the lid. Church hymnals in my box, too. In a Jack Daniels box. That is hilarious. And I certainly think that was a sign from God that, ha ha, yes. gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> and and two, awesome. we were in the middle of this church park, uh, this church field where it all happened. And it happened to be my church field, my church that I went oh, to. Oh, no. Yeah. And we were just so embarrassed and we laughed. And, you know, you do dumb stuff when you're a kid like that. But we we just... You know, we we left them there, and That's the so church funny. collected them the next day, and I think they found the rightful owner. I can't remember if it was somebody from our church, but, uh, <laughs> you know, the hymnals were returned, and nobody at that time ever knew. Now now somebody in Magnolia, Arkansas might hear this and go, ha-ha, I remember that. Oh, Bobby, if you only knew that the feeling, and it was just like a womp-womp, it was God <laughs> going, ha-ha, ha-ha. <laughs> and, and you know, Bobby, uh, also from the um, This Is Us episode, we're going to move on to the number six moment from 2020 in our countdown. And, you know, you and I have very similar histories in our radio careers and our voiceover careers. And the fact that we both had stalkers. Uh, your stalker, though, Bobby, <sighs> and this is the number six moment from 2020, your stalker frightened me. You know, mine was a little creepy or whatever and a little bit weird. But yours was just a little chilling. Let's hear that story. Were you ever uh, in fear at any time? Um, the I had several males, and uh, in particular one female who stalked me. Um, and she's really the only one that scared me because she pushed her way into the uh, front door of the radio station and into into the studio and just started ranting and raving about saying she was accused of killing somebody while she was in the hospital and pulls her shoe off and said, do you see blood on this shoe? And I'm sitting here in in the studio, in my chair, at the board going, oh my gosh. You know, what do you do? What's she going to do next? Um, That one truly scared me, but um, she ended up up, uh, going to prison. Wow. And uh, she committed arson, and when she got out, she um, had a heart attack, and she passed. 
and her sister going through her belongings um, reached out to me and said, ah, you must have been really close with her. Um, she had your picture in her room and she had letters written to you. And I'm just going, what? oh, Lord. Yeah, yeah. Oh, she also got my home number when I was on uh, maternity leave. Which, you know, I was full of motion and hormones anyway at the time, and uh, I had to change my number. But yeah, she she was definitely the worst, and, and uh, I, I told her sister, I said, I am so sorry for your loss, but I can't tell you what a burden this is off of me, wow. knowing that she won't do anything to me in the future. Wow. That's crazy. <laughs> she still haunts me. She still haunts me, I'm telling you, and she's not even with us anymore. So weird. Wow. That that is, you know, and, and and bless you that you survived your radio career without anything uh really, really serious happening. But the whole, you know, the the blood thing in there, I was like, Yee! Yeah. Really? Wow. How do you respond to that? Uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, let's move on to, uh, ooh, are we in the top five already? Top We're five. We're in the top five. Moment of a 2024 Middle Class VO podcast. I love our special feature, the Cold Read Challenge. I just, I, I look forward to it anytime we lay it on somebody, you know, at the last second, just because everybody's handled it so well. I mean, there's so many pros out there. And Jeff Bell at number five here was uh, made to, was made to, was forced to do the cold read challenge. <laughs> he nailed it. Okay, direction, tough, rugged, introspective, manly, and deliberate. Cold read challenge. I'm going cold. I just read the first sentence. I'm going to just go with that. Okay. <laughs> and I have no headphones. Take this pink ribbon off my eyes. I'm exposed, and it's no big surprise. Don't you think I know exactly where I stand? This world is forcing me to hold your hand. Cause I'm just a girl, little old me. Well, don't let me out of your sight. Oh, I'm just a girl, all pretty and petite. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I love it. I feel a little dirty. Oh, that's Gwen Stefani, right? Oh, yeah, that's, that's a, no doubts. I'm just a girl. No. Oh, Jeff, that was wonderful. That was funny. That's it, it, man. That's and you you take direction so well. That's exactly <laughs> what I was hearing when I pulled. That's up what this. you're hoping for. <laughs> that's exactly it. Seriously. Oh, Jeff Bell cracks me up. I feel a little <laughs> dirty. <laughs> Oh, Jeff Bell is one of the class acts of this industry, too, by the way. He, he's always posting stuff on social media where he's giving tips. This guy's been doing it a long time. He has come from radio like us, Bobby. And if you want to go check out a really cool episode, check out the uh, transitioning from radio to VO episode with Jeff Bell. Just lots of great nuggets of information. And he's posting stuff on his uh, social media all the time on how to help uh, everybody out in the voiceover business. Yeah. Somebody else that helps out people in the VO business is uh, an agent. She's a fantastic agent, and she is with Tada out of Toronto. Her name is Tanya Buchanan, and she was a great guest, and she comes in at number four. She has the number four moment of 2020. Tanya Buchanan talks about 
when you're ready to submit to an agent, <laughs> there are some things you should avoid. These are her pet peeves at number four. Classic. So when when somebody is submitting, Tanya, you know, uh, we all make mistakes when we're submitting to agents. What are some of the worst things that you have experienced when somebody submits to you? You know, I and I say this in all seriousness, it brought a tear to my eye last time I was going through uh, demos, et cetera, and submissions that out of, let's say, 100, 80 of them were so terrible or they made such horrific mistakes that they didn't even get a listen or they got maybe one second into a listen. And I thought, gosh, with all the resources out there, I don't understand um, why uh, aspiring talent don't take that part of the business as seriously as they should. You get one shot a lot of the Mm -hmm. time with agents and we're, we're not, mean, but we're busy and uh, we don't have time to mess around. And I think the worst things are, how about this? Dear sir. No, that's not going to fly. Don't do, if they don't do any research. I mean, that's one of the key things for me. It's so easy. Just look up my website and say things like, hi, I noticed that you have this and this, or that you're based in Toronto or something to show me that you've done a little bit of research. And then when it comes to demos, I mean, you really have to, that's more important than ever nowadays is you really have to have a professional demo. And as soon as I hear, you know, bad, horrible phone quality, um, you know, (laughs) and I get them and people, you know, those of us who've been in the business for a long time, like, you know, people actually do that. And I'm like, the yeah, washing machine do. running. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I get, and then I get people who, you know, send me their best Darth Vader impersonation. And I'm like, Oh gosh, I mean, it's amazing. <laughs> and I'm not, that's actually happened. Um, we, um, you know, we get as agents uh, hundreds of submissions. So I always liken it to, if you're going in for a job, you know, in the real world, not in our, in our little voice, over world, you wouldn't show up to a job interview with a crumpled up resume written in uh, pencil. You know, you'd make sure that it was professional looking and that you had done some research about the company. And that applies very much so still in, in the voiceover world. So just make sure that, you know, you've done a little bit of research, you know my name, uh, or at least know that I'm a woman and not a man, uh, or, or to whom it may concern. Uh, you know, I'm not a big fan of that either. Um, so just do a little research. Wow. But, but here, this, this maybe this would seal the deal. Here we go. Bobby, I am your father. <laughs> Signed, right? Mm. Right there, right there. <laughs> Oh, it's great. Hey, I, I do have to stop you, though. Toronto. Say Toronto. Oh, what would I say? Toronto? <laughs> Some, another voice talent corrected me on that one time, and I was like, really? There's, there's no tea at the end? <laughs> I oh, just, wow. So they... Yeah, they just... It's Toronto. Like, it just kind of flows Toronto. off. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. That's <laughs> good to know. It's really good to know. Especially if it's your agent. <laughs> Exactly. I got to treat her nice. I'm just giving you grief. Okay, we're up to the top three, and it wouldn't be one of our top moments of 2020 if we didn't include winning our second Sovis Award for Best Podcast. I mean, just remember when when we even entered it 
two years ago, we were like, <laughs> well, do you think that maybe we'll get nominated? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. And then we got nominated and then we won in 2019 and we won again in 2020. And yeah, one of my favorite episodes, Bobby. And of course, we had to have a theme for the podcast to to actually have uh, an entry there. And it was Scott Parkin talking about improv. And he's so funny. All of that great comedy comes out of character. And that's really what we work on in improv is finding those characters. And once you commit to the character, like if I started talking like this, I know, Bobby, exactly where I'm going to go. It's going to be harsh. It's going to be rough. And it's going to be right across the freaking bridge of the nose. So if I go into a character, it writes itself. Because if I start talking like this, I know I'm going to say stuff like, Dude, are you going to eat that? Because I have had like three tacos and that is not enough. (laughs) It will drive itself and it becomes more organic. How did you get into all the improv? Was it directly, uh, you know, a result of having that radio training and you said, I got to fix this? It was a a legal thing and a part of a work release program for a murder. (laughs) But once I I did Sing, Sing, Sing at the Arizona Correctional Institute, they saw my work. No, um, I I, am... Oh, another treasure from the voiceover industry Mm -hmm. is Scott Parkin, and he's just amazing. He's amazing with improv, and I'll tell you, Bobby... Um, if you want some coaching on improv, Scott is a great guy to go to. Um, and improv has really helped me in some of my auditions over the last year or so. And, and it's emboldened me, uh, to take some chances and it's helped me land auditions and somebody else that is going to help you with just his knowledge and his history of the voiceover business is Joe Cipriano, Joe Cipriano. Yeah, he comes in at number two uh, as the number two moment of 2020 on the Middle Class VO podcast. And we had Joe as a guest right when COVID broke out. And Joe, he's just so grounded and he's just one of the kindest gentlemen in the voiceover business. And this is the number two moment from the Middle Class VO podcast of 2020, Joe Cipriano, talking about COVID and how it's affecting our business. And let me say something else, Kevin and Bobby. Yeah. You know, with what's going on right now with coronavirus and and all of the the cancellations of sporting events. I mean, it's just it's it's unprecedented. Oh, yeah. We've never seen anything like this before. Yeah. But I think it's it's correct that that we're doing it. So there's the NBA has been has been postponed. Mm-hmm. Um, it just goes on and on and on. And of course, we're seeing it in in our business, in in the voiceover business, with the cancellation of conferences. And you know, again, it's the right thing to do. But here's what's so cool about being in the voiceover community, and, and that is that we've always been so incredibly supportive uh, of one another. Yeah. You know, my colleagues, the people that I work with, who do network promos and who are, you know, on on. Uh, movie trailers and working at, you know, very high-level commercial um, big companies, we've always looked, all the people that I know, we always look for opportunities to help out people who are coming into the voiceover industry. And whether that is by sharing our knowledge or, um, you know, going to conferences and, and talking to them, 
we're the kind of people that are going to be there when Gerald uh, reschedules and VoiceOver Atlanta is coming back later this year. I know I'll be there, and I know that the entire VoiceOver community is going to be there. I told Gerald, I said, get ready. I think this is going to be the biggest VoiceOver Atlanta ever because people are going to show up. People are going to be there to support and to encourage and I'll be there to coach, and I'll be there to meet people and share knowledge and just have fun, yeah. you know, and, uh, and enjoy and celebrate our community. Oh, Joe. You know, if there's, if there's one person of this whole industry that's left a lasting impression on me is him. I mean, just his yeah. story and, and how humble he has stayed you know, still he's at the top and he will still talk to somebody who is just their first interest in voiceover like it was somebody that he's known as a veteran. I mean, that, that's just him. Yeah. That's just him. That's the kind of guy he is. Yeah. And Bobby, let, let me help you out. <laughs> <laughs> Give us our number one moment, Bobby, from 2020. Well, when you look back on the year that we've had in 2020, it's it certainly... It, it makes sense that this would be number one, but it was just an all-around great episode. We're talking about racism in voiceover. Um, and we had Trey Mosley and Krista Walrock on as our guest at a very, very tender time. Um, and we just wanted to hear it from their viewpoint on if racism is an issue in voiceover. And I think you and I were both kind of had our jaws open at points during the episode. Um, and I hope other people who have listened to it re- really got something out of it as well. Number one, racism and VO with Trey and Krista. People say a lot of things. I, I'm not a person of a lot of words. I like to listen. And um, I believe that love is an action and not words. And so I, I appreciate the gesture. But how do we implement it? so that it's an ongoing thing. You can sell me a dream, but if you take an active part in trying to make a dream come true, then you have my attention. Um, and, And that's why I said, you know, listen and then act. Show me that you're serious about it. Um, the time for the, like I said, the time for the, I hear you's and we're with you's has come and gone. What are you going to do? Um, and, and if you are genuine in, in your actions, I can respect that more than you being genuine in your words because you can say anything. Trey, you said it well, you know, if you speak out, act out, you know, I think that's mm-hmm. how you could put it. And uh, from my perspective, I want to be better. I want to be a better person. I want our industry to grow from all this. I don't want it to regress. I, I hope we start seeing castings that are indicative of everybody getting opportunities, you know, and I hope mm-hmm. casting people will see that, you know, why why put your references as Tom Hanks, Jeff Bridges all the time? That was a great episode, and I was uh, so proud to have them on and, you know, as Trey mentioned in the podcast, you know, let, let's do it again when it's not so heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, and we definitely will. We're going we're gonna to have them back on um, and we're going to do something fun 
in something light, but I think it was important, Bobby, that we addressed that issue uh, when we did. And I'm so glad that uh, we've raised awareness about, hey, racism in voiceover has existed. And I'm sure it, it, it will continue to exist in, in some extent. But I really feel, based on what I'm seeing in the industry and what I'm hearing uh, on TV spots and radio spots. I think it's getting better because I'm starting to hear a lot more diversity um, in, in voiceover. And I think that's the, uh, I think that's amazing. And I'm glad that we were able to share their story and bring light to the subject. And I, can I add that um, Krista, since we had that episode, is now a, um, a freelancer for Atlas Talent, which is, nice. you know, one of the best agencies out there, and 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 that just goes to show me that it is it is improving. So, kudos to them. There you go. The top ten moments from 2020 on the Middle Class VO podcast. Bobby, what's what should we look forward to in 2021? I'm even afraid to think about it. <laughs> it started <laughs> off crazy already. Um, I mean, the vaccines are out and and hopefully, you know, my hopes for 2021 is that we get to see each other. Yeah. To see all of our, uh, you know, the people that we work with um, and the people that share this industry with us. Yeah. You know, we we just lost a a big voice in in the voiceover industry, Brad Venable. And I've never had the you know, pleasure of talking face to face with Brad, but I was definitely in many rooms with him at conferences, and that's he passed uh, this past week, and um, I've seen so many tributes to him and just w- wonderful words on on social media, and uh, rest in peace, Brad. But it's just being able to meet other voiceover talent and go to these live events makes such a big difference. So I hope we can get back to that again. Absolutely. Looking forward to an amazing 2021. And we thank you for listening to the Middle Class VO podcast. I have been uh, getting a lot of good reaction on social media, and we appreciate the support. And uh, we hope to see you soon. And uh, feel free to reach out to us, uh, send us a message any way you want to. And uh, if you have a request for an upcoming uh, show, let us know. We would love to hear it. And uh, make sure you uh, subscribe and like our podcasts wherever they're available. Follow us, and there'll be plenty more episodes in 2021 for sure. The Middle Class VO Podcast is a K2 Media Productions production. All views and opinions expressed are those of the hosts and guests. The McVob Jingle was written and produced by Kevin. Co-produced and performed by Chloe Dolandis. Additional engineering by Zach Zimmett. Bobby's Hair and Makeup by Rebecca Adlita. Kevin's Wardrobe by Slippery Pete's Fashion Emporium. All previous episodes are available for download on Podbean. For the Middle Class VO Podcast, I'm Tracy Thibodeau. I'm Lisa Lou Perry. Thanks for listening. And don't miss the next episode of The Middle Class VO Podcast. The Middle Class VO Podcast. Beep, beep, beep. 98% of us will die at some point in our lives. The darkness is creeping towards you, whether you know it or not. So a little planning can go a long way. Listen, leaving your big old corpse behind for your loved ones to deal with just ain't cool. 
That's why you should call McCready Funeral Services. McCready's. They'll find the hole and build the box. Bodies that look so good, you're going to want to talk to it. Ha, 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 ha.